Many of us have been up in uh, Mount Vernon for this last week. For those of you who don't know, we were there participating in a, in a young adult, a hyphen conference, and had the privilege of being a part of that. And um, multiple of our friends, one being Sister Brooklyn, who you saw up here singing, came down, and, and then my, my good friend Andre Gomez as well were with us there that week. And so if we look a little tired, this is uh, some of our fifth and sixth services since <laughs> Thursday evening, so forgive us if we're a little bit tired, but there's still no, no other place that I would rather be than the house of the Lord, even if it is the sixth service in <laughs> three or four days. Amen. I'm thankful. Uh, it was a wonderful time in the Holy Ghost. Me and uh, my friend Andre had the privilege of ministering together and with another friend of ours from, from college, actually, uh, who's a teacher there. And so it was just a great time of reconnecting, connecting with new, new friends in the Lord, and I uh, believe the Lord had his way. And so I'm thankful that uh, Andre decided to stay a couple more days, and Brooklyn as well. <laughs> ministering to us, but I'm thankful Andre is here this morning, and he's going to minister to us today, and this is one of my dearest friends, closest friends, and constant inspiration and challenge to me just as a Christian, as a man of God, even as a young man, and so I'm thankful I'm going to bring him to minister today, and I just ask that you'd receive him, receive him, I think quickly you'll feel his spirit of ministry and, and just his tenderness. And so can we, can we receive the minister this morning and receive the word of the Lord? Amen. God bless you, Brother Andre. Praise the Lord, church. It's exciting to be here in Union Gap Life Church. Uh, you guys might not be too familiar with me, but I actually sometimes tune in to the live streams and, you know, listen to Brother Flowers sometimes and Brother, Brother Hart. So I'm a little bit, probably a little bit more familiar with you, amen, but I'm thankful, I'm thankful of being here, I'm thankful for what I feel in this place, I'm thankful for um, every single one of you, I believe it's the will of God, it's a divinely appointment for you to be here on a Sunday service, amen, I felt, I think I heard some Spanish prayers go up, and I felt familiar with that, I grew up in a Spanish church, so it makes me feel a little bit more comfortable when I hear some Spanish speaking people, amen. <laughs> So I love, I love what I feel. I love what I feel. I want to give honor to Elder Flowers for the opportunity of, uh, that he has given me to be here. Uh, Elder Hart as well, great, great friend of mine. We actually went to Bible college together for two years. He was a junior when I came in as a freshman, uh, also a sister Brooklyn, a junior when I was a freshman. And so we spent, uh, I spent some good, good time with Brother Joel. Um, a voice of influence in my life, uh, a friend that I admire greatly. Amen. We're going to go to the word of the Lord in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, very well-known portion of Scripture. When you have it, you can say amen. Where the Lord says in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. 
Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. We'll go to another portion of scripture now in the New Testament in the Gospel of Mark chapter 1 verse 14. Mark chapter 1 verse 14 the word of the Lord says now after that John was put in prison Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand repent ye and believe in the gospel believe the gospel amen you can put your Bibles aside and I want us to pray and allow the Lord to minister to us on the kingdom and the river. The kingdom and the river. So if you can close your eyes there where you're at and you can lift up your hands and allow the Lord to begin to minister to you. And allow to express your hunger to be heard in the heavens. Allow your hunger and your voice and your cry to be heard of how hungry it is that you are. How desperate it is that you are. To hear the word of the Lord, to be ministered to by the Holy Ghost. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I thank you for the opportunity that you've given us to be able to gather here in this place. We want to hear your voice. We want to have direction to you and from you. I love you and I give you all the glory, all the honor. I pray an anointing upon understanding and our hearing that we may understand and hear the word of the Lord. We give you all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. Thank you jesus in jesus name we pray amen amen the word of the lord speaks through the prophet isaiah regarding a child that would be born a son that would be given somebody that would be born and he would be called wonderful counselor the mighty god the everlasting father and the prince of peace and this individual this son that would be born would establish a kingdom he would establish a kingdom that would be like no other kingdom this would be an everlasting kingdom and it would forever be increasing. It would be a kingdom of peace. It would be a kingdom that, can, uh, that couldn't be matched by any other power or any other kingdom. And we understand through the scriptures reading the New Testament that Jesus Christ was that son. Jesus Christ was that child that was born. Jesus Christ was the fulfillment of the prophecy that the Old Testament prophets spoke about. That there would be a Messiah that would come and establish a kingdom and would free us and deliver us from the bondage of sin. And Jesus Christ as he, as he was in earth and was ministering to the people he began to declare and proclaim that the time had now been fulfilled and the kingdom of God was now at hand you see many people during that time thought it was a kingdom that would overthrow the Roman kingdom or a kingdom of, of, of earth or earthly powers and earthly kingdom but Jesus Christ came with even a more powerful kingdom with that he came with the power to deliver us from sin he came with the power to deliver us from iniquity and 
transgression. He claimed to he came to shed his blood for every single one of us that we might be able to lift up our hands and lift up our voice and be able to have a freedom on a Sunday service to say, Lord, I worship you. Lord, I adore you. Lord, I give you all the glory, all the honor. And so now we have this kingdom very well established in this earth. Now we have individuals that are a part of this kingdom. Now we have people that can now, and anywhere that they are, any place that they find themselves, it can be in Washington, it can be in California, or it can be in New York, they can experience the entering of the kingdom. He spoke about the gospel of the kingdom, the, new, the good news of the kingdom, that the kingdom was now close to us. This was not necessarily the gospel of Jesus Christ, for the gospel of Jesus Christ is the entry gate to this kingdom. The Bible in the book of Acts, in the last verse of scripture, gives us an understanding that Paul taught the kingdom of God and everything concerning Jesus Christ and no man was forbidding him to speak he was teaching the depths of the kingdom of God but we understand that we cannot enter into this kingdom without first being born you see we cannot pay our way into this kingdom we cannot talk our way into this kingdom we cannot convince ourselves into this kingdom we ought to be born into this kingdom for Jesus Christ declared in John chapter 3 verse 1 through 5 into a, a man named Nicodemus a Pharisee the Bible says that we had to be born of water and of spirit to be able to be to be able to enter into this kingdom I love the preaching of the gospel. I love hearing about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I love hearing songs about the blood flowing. I love it. I love it. I love it. Because when I hear this message, when I first heard, first heard this message, I grew up. I was born in a pew. I was born in a pew of a church. But when that began to make an effect in my life, I began to raise up my hands. And I didn't necessarily understand what I felt but I knew that it was different and I knew that it was powerful I knew that I couldn't just stay there sitting down I knew that I had to do something about it I knew that I had to get baptized I knew that there was something stirring in my soul that I need to be born into this kingdom but there's something powerful to understand that as the children Sons and daughters of God, we don't just stay at the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We don't just stay. That's the entry gate. You cannot enter into the kingdom without this. Everybody ought to be born of water and spirit. Everybody ought to be baptized in Jesus' name. Everybody ought to receive the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. That is only the entry gate. But there's a depth for this church. There's a depth of the kingdom that the Lord is desiring for us as a body to be able to walk into. The blessings of God, the pleasures of God ought to be released in our lives, in our homes, in our living rooms. It's not the will of God for us to come to a 
week or a Sunday service and for just to feel God in this place. But I believe it's the will of God for us to feel the Holy Ghost in the living rooms of our homes and when we're driving and when we're having conversations and in our workplaces and in our schools. I believe that it is the will of God for us to be able to experience the blessings of the kingdom wherever we're at because the kingdom of God is not limited to the four walls of a building. The kingdom of God is not limited to a geographical location. The kingdom of God is not limited to a microphone or some speakers. The kingdom and the voice of God is not limited to a preacher or a minister. But the kingdom of God wants to reach your home, wants to reach your living room, wants to reach you in your car, wants to reach your backslidden children. The kingdom of God wants to be very well established in every area and every place of our lives. You see the word kingdom, it means the king's domain, a place in which the king can exercise his authority and dominion. It's a place in which the king has all power. You see, we can't vote God in and we can't vote God out. We can't have a board meeting or, or some kind of, you know, gathering and say, you know what, we're going to vote God out of this place. God is still the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He setteth up kings and he set them down. He's the one that establishes everything. He's the one that can exercise authority and dominion. He's the one that has all power and our time is in his hand. Our seasons are in his hands. Life itself is in his hand. He was the one that thought of life. He's the one that created life. And because that was so, he still has all control, all authority, and all dominion. It is him that determines how life ought to be lived. It is him that it determines what is right and what is wrong. A earthly government can't determine that. It doesn't matter what law they pass. It doesn't matter what, 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 what is it that they determine as right or legal. It is God through his word that establishes forever. It is the written word of God that is forever established in heaven. So if the word of God says that it's wrong then it is wrong if the word of God says that it's right then it is right and if we want to be in this kingdom and have a proper flow of the river of the Holy Ghost we must understand that the throne of God has to be established in that area in that place the word of the Lord speaks about a river that would flow out of the Garden of Eden, which symbolizes relationship with God. It was a river that was birthed in that place and would flow. In the book of Revelations, chapter 22, verse 1 and verse 2, talks about the throne of God. And talks about a river that would flow out of that throne. And it was for the healing of the nations. It is, it is the opinion of this preacher that... If we want to have a proper flow, a proper river of the Spirit in any church, in any home, in any life, the throne of God has to be established in that place. The throne of God has to be very well settled in that life. If we want to have a river that flows with healing, if we want to have a river that flows with deliverance, 
If we want to have a river that flows with boldness and courage to preach the gospel of Christ, we must first have the throne of God established in our hearts and in our mind. You see, when we have the throne of God established in our hearts, it is Him that determines what we speak and what we say and where we go and you know where we turn. If we got to turn right, it is the King that establishes that. If we got to turn left, it is the king that establishes that if the lord wants to speak about mercy it is the king that establishes that if the lord wants to speak judgment it is the king that establishes that and i'm grateful for a king i'm grateful for a king that rejoices when he extends mercy unto us i'm grateful for a king that extends his mercy and his grace i'm grateful for a king that does not give up on his people but his mercies are new every morning we have an opportunity to be able to receive mercy every single morning when we open up our eyes and get out of our bed we can say thank you lord for mercy thank you lord for your grace thank you lord for your love thank you because you've given us an opportunity to receive mercy you see even though king david was a king he was submitted to a greater king we understand the story of David. The Bible says that he was a man after God's own heart. Nonetheless, he, he committed some very terrible sins. He committed some things that the Bible doesn't hide from us, but is very transparent in the life of David to us to be able to realize that although this king that was even considered a prophet in the book of Acts he committed some things that were not right in the eyes of the Lord. But there came a man of God, a prophet of the Lord, that came to David and was willing to point his finger and say, Thou art the man. It was an individual that was willing to put every preconceived idea of what the last king had done to the servants in that time, for Saul was a wicked man, a man that was willing to kill when he felt threatened in his kingdom. But this prophet named Nathan was willing to come to the king, King David, and tell him a story. And after the story was told, and there was a little bit of indignation and a little bit of righteousness stirred up in David, that he said, let that man die, let that man pay and die. And Nathan, in the boldness of the Spirit of God, said, Thou art the man. And it was then where that king of an earthly kingdom bowed, bowed down to the authority and dominion of the king of kings and said, you know what, that is right. I am that man, forgive me, oh Lord, forgive me. And we have one of the most beautiful Psalms in scripture, Psalms chapter 51, that says, clean me, oh Lord, clean me. Don't remove the joy of your salvation. Don't remove me from your presence. We have a beautiful scripture that was birthed out of a king of, a king of an earthly kingdom, bowing down to a king of kings, bowing down to a Lord of Lords at the utterance of the prophet that said you art that man you art thou art the man he said Lord forgive me and that man said David your sin and iniquity has been taken away 
That's the king that we serve. That's the Lord that we serve. That he's sending a man. That he's sending an elder. He's sending a minister. He sends a preacher. And sometimes he sends his own voice through conviction of the spirit. To say, hey, 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 hey. I want to extend my mercy. I want to extend my grace. I want to extend my love. All you got to do is say, hey, I am sorry. I repent. I am that individual I am that person forgive me oh Lord forgive me forgive me it is powerful to realize and understand David had committed so much sin and in a moment when it looked like judgment when it looked like judgment David saw it as an opportunity to receive mercy. It could very well be that David throughout months that he was hiding his sin was probably asking, I need somebody to come tell me. I need somebody. Because you see, there was other individuals in scripture as was King Saul that made excuses for his mistakes, made excuses for his sins, made excuses for his wrong. King David didn't do that. He said, you know what? It's true. I'm the man. I'm the guy. I'm the, I'm the guy you're looking for. The word of the Lord. The word of the Lord has come to me and I've received his word. I remember I heard a story of a man. He had been falling in sin. He was backslidden. But one day he decided to go to church. And the minister that was ministering the word of the Lord began to be moved in the gifts of the Spirit and began to, to, to point at him and say, yesterday you were doing this, you were doing that, you were, you know, read his mail. And that guy said, are you telling me that God knew exactly where I was at, knew exactly what I was doing, cared so much that he was aware of what I was doing. That young man didn't see it as judgment. That young man didn't see it as, as man, they're calling me out. I'm going to get offended. No. That young man saw when he heard that voice of that ministry. He said, you're telling me that God cares so much to send somebody to let me know that God is very well aware of where I'm at. He is aware of what I'm doing. He is aware of where I need. He is aware that I'm struggling. He is aware that I'm dealing with such and such things. He is aware of my financial problems. He is aware of my addiction problems. He is aware of my issues. He is aware of my sin. But that doesn't scare this God. That doesn't scare this king. This king is ready to offer mercy. This king is ready to offer grace. This king is ready to offer his love. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 says, Who had delivered us from the power of darkness. Every single one of us were under the power of darkness at some time. The word of the Lord says, And had translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Which means 
that there's a power that moves, and there's a power that moves in a kingdom of darkness. But now there's also this kingdom of light. There is this kingdom of God. There is this kingdom. The letter to the Galatian church gives us an understanding of what it is that flows in both of these kingdoms. Galatians chapter 5 gives us a very detailed writing about what flows in both kingdoms. Galatians chapter 5 verse 19, the word of the Lord says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. That means that there's more to this list. Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Why? Because they're already submitted under another kingdom. But now, it speaks about this other kingdom, the kingdom of God. And it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. And they that are, that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. Those are the individuals that say, I want to be part of that kingdom. I want to be part of that kingdom. It is the Spirit of God that works in us. It is the fruit of the Spirit that grows from within us. I'm not an individual that has too many visions, which I do believe in visions from the Lord, for we read in Joel chapter 2, that in the last days there would be a great outpouring of His Spirit upon all flesh. And the Bible also says that your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Old men would dream dreams, and young men shall see visions. You see, we can pick and choose what it is that we want. If we have the outpouring of the Holy Ghost in these last days, we're also going to have young men and young women prophesying. And we're also going to have some dreams being delivered unto the saints of God. And we're also going to have some visions delivered unto the saints of the Lord. Amen. Amen. This is, what, this is what the kingdom is about. This is what the kingdom, it's first the outpouring and then those depths of the kingdom. And so I don't have many, you know, too many visions. But I've had two visions in my life. And the first vision that I had, I had it in Bible college in a chapel on a Wednesday morning. And I remember in that vision, there was a river bank that had been dried up. It was completely dry. There was no water. And out of the heavens, the heavens begin to open and water begin to go into that river bank. But it was just a little bit of water. And God gave me the understanding and the knowledge that this is what happens when an individual has an encounter and an experience in a church service, but doesn't take it far beyond that. For we begin to feel a little bit move, and we begin to feel the goosebumps and a move and a touch from the Spirit. 
but not a complete filling of the Spirit. I'm not satisfied with just a touch on a Sunday morning. I'm not satisfied with just a touch on a midweek service. I want the fullness of God to be able to flood my mind and my heart and my spirit. I want all of God. I don't just want just a little bit of the Bible preached to me. I want the full counsel of God preached to me. I want the minister to contend for the faith once delivered to the saints. I want him to fervently contend for the faith. For I think you and I both understand that we're living, as the Apostle Paul wrote, in perilous times. We're living in dangerous times. We're living in, in, in you know, very interesting times where politicians go up in their platforms and say of a nation that was once birthed out of Jewish Christian principles principles and say we are no longer a Christian nation but we're accepting every kind of doctrine and any kind of belief or any kind of ideology these are some of the of the presidents and some of the politicians that are getting up in their platforms and expressing and declaring this and I do believe it has an effect in the spirit realm I do believe it has an effect on the atmosphere of a nation for we see where we're at after those words were uttered by a president and this vision, as I was beginning to see the Lord continue to release water into this riverbank, all of a sudden it became more water and more water. And the place around it was dry, but there was just a consistent flow now. There was a Monday flow and a Tuesday flow and a Wednesday flow and a Thursday flow. And soon enough, there was a whole river that then many times around it, there was plants that, that began to grow and there was trees that I begin to grow and I begin to see everything that was going on around me and there was fruit that began to grow out of those out of those trees and all of a sudden there was creatures and there was things that begin to come onto the riverbank and begin to come to the borders of that river and begin to eat and begin to be strengthened by this by these fruits by the river they begin to be refreshed by this river that would flow from the water that the Lord himself had provided and the Lord spoke to me very clearly and said this is what happens when a person is constantly is consistently in my presence is consistently engaging with my spirit you see there is no dry place there is a river that consistently flows and there are people that come to them there are people that come and say hey there is something about you it's not just about how you're dressed it's not just about how you talk there is something inside of you that is flowing can I tell you that Jesus spoke about this river that said that out of your belly there would flow rivers of living water I've never seen a literal river flowing out of somebody's belly but I'm telling you I felt it when I get around some people that have the Holy Ghost I felt that river of the Spirit flowing when they talk flowing when they walk flowing even when the door is shut even when the when nobody's watching that river is flowing that river is moving there is a constant flow of the river of the spirit the second vision that I've had was interestingly a vision of a throne 
was a vision that there was many multitudes of people gathered around the throne of God. They were gathered in the presence and the authority of God. And it was very interesting to me because I remember I saw my dad there, my mom there, my sister there, and I saw my cousin there. And to you, it not might mean much, but this cousin of mine, she's not saved. She's not saved. And I remember in that vision, I was a little bit perplexed and amazed and a little bit startled. Because I know my dad got the Holy Ghost, and my mom got the Holy Ghost, and my sister got the Holy Ghost. But my cousin don't. And my sister and my cousin hasn't been baptized. The Lord began to deal with me about this river that flows. And the throne of God established. We have prayed for my cousin. We have interceded for her. And I know that all spirit, all the whole spirit realm understands this. Why? Because I remember this cousin of mine went with a friend of hers in Mexico to those that read, you know, read your hand and do all that kind of witchcraft and all that kind of stuff. And she went with her friend and her friend, you know, they read her hand or whatever. (laughs) And uh, after my cousin was next, they had paid the money. That's all they do. They'd be getting money, just, you know. But that woman said, hey, uh, we got a problem here. I can't do nothing with you. Because there's a covering over you. Because there's somebody praying for you. There's somebody that is covering you. You know what it is? It's that river flowing. It's that river flowing that somebody's saying, you know what, I'm going to pray and I'm going to intercede. And there's an opportunity of her to reach unto that river. You see, that river might not be inside of her yet. But there's an opportunity for her to be able to engage in this river. To be able to have a drink from this river. to For her to be able to be filled with this river. And all of the spirit realm understand this. We can't touch her. We can't do nothing with her. We can't read her. Why? Because there's some true apostolic that are saying as Paul said I'm gonna travail in birth until Christ may be formed in her you see I love evangelistic programs and I love evangelistic methods I come from a church that has a strong evangelist program and methods and we do things for people to come to church but I still am one to believe that prayer is our greatest form of evangelism I still believe we talk about there is much power in prayer. And if we talk about great prayer is our greatest weapon, then as a church, we ought to be exercising much prayer. And we ought to intercede and we ought to travail and we ought to pray. Paul spoke about this when he said, I am going to pray for you. I am going to travail in birth until Christ may be formed in you. You see, when people get the Holy Ghost, when people are born of the spirit it is a birth that that was that was created out of an intimacy with God it was when the church had intimacy with the Lord and they are born out of that intimacy 
they are born out of that fervent, fiery prayer meeting. There are people that have come to church and nobody handed them a card. Nobody handed them a flyer. Nobody said anything to them. But they felt that river of the Holy Ghost. You know, you might, you might, think, you might think I'm a little crazy. But, uh, <laughs> but sometimes I pray and I'll begin to mention names and last names that I don't even know. Names and last names that I don't even know. The Lord just begins to speak to me and put names in my mind and last names in my mind. And I begin to pray for them and I begin to intercede for them. Sometimes I even know what these people are going through. And it's just the Holy Ghost wanting to reach these people. Wanting to reach. Wanting to reach. And if I've learned something, you know, from elders and my pastor, is that everything in the kingdom of God is voice activated. God is needing someone to utter the words. God is needing someone to speak and declare the word of the Lord. God is waiting for someone to say, I'll stand in the gap. I'll stand in the gap. I'll have your throne established. And I'll have that river flowing. And that river is going to flow to wherever you want it to go. And this river, in essence and in nature, is a river of healing. There are people in this world that are wounded and hurt. There are wounded by life. There are wounded. There are some of you in this place that find yourself wounded and hurt because of things in your life, because of things in the past. I'm telling you, if you get immersed in this river, as it's said in Ezekiel chapter 37, that there would be a river that would flow. There would be a river that would move and would constantly move and as there was a thousand cubits more and a thousand cubits more it was waters that could be swam in and in this river the Bible says that life came out of this river it, I believe that's also the river of the Holy Ghost when we begin to be completely immersed and completely allow this river to flood every part of our lives I'm telling you you're gonna find the healing that you need you're gonna find that river of the spirit to refresh your mind and refresh your heart you've been feeling worry and tired and the you know the the, the 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 daily you know obligations of life have you tired and heavy well this river of the spirit allows you to feel that refreshment allows you to feel that healing that you've been asking for you see the gifts of healing it's not a singular gift it's gifts of healing so the gifts of healing begin to move, and many times it's an invisible gift. Because it not only deals with our physical body, it deals with our mind, it deals with our hearts, it deals with our spirit. The Apostle Paul said that you may be whole in, 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 your, in your spirit, in your soul, and in your body. I believe that it is the will of God for us to be completely healed in soul, spirit, and body I believe it is the will of God for every single person in this place to leave through, through those doors and said man I want more of God I want more of Jesus because I felt his river flowing I felt that river and I don't just want to come into this place to fill that river I want it to flow in my living room I want it to flow in my house I want it to flow wherever I'm at
I still do strongly believe in going from house to house because I am of the belief that there's a great harvest, a great harvest prepared for the apostolic movement. There's a great harvest that we're getting ready to reap. It's coming. It's going to happen. Everything is, everything is set. And I am of the belief that the buildings that we have and the buildings that we own and rent, they are not big enough to hold all the people that are getting ready to come. They, don't, they, can't, they can't hold it. We just don't have enough space. And so the Lord is beginning to move from house to house. I've seen people not only get the Holy Ghost in a church service, but I've seen people get the Holy Ghost in living rooms of a home. And I'm not talking about one person or two people. I've seen 10 and 15 in one setting in a living room of a home, young people that are hungry, that are desiring to have that river of the Spirit. I've seen it happen in a living room of a home because the river of the Spirit is flowing from where it's birthed. If the kingdom of God is established in this church, if the throne of God is established in this church, you know what's going to happen? The river of God is going to flow. And it's going to go and it's going to flow from this place, from this altar, from this prayer meeting, from this from this encounter with the Lord, and it's going to flow through every single living room. It's going to flow through every single person. It's going to flow through all Union Gap. It's going to flow through all Yakima. It's going to flow through every single person that is hungry. All the Lord is waiting for is for somebody to utter the words and declare the will of God and say, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. That's what we do when we begin to pray prayers like that. The kingdom of God begins to establish itself. And the Lord says, I can exercise my authority and dominion in that house. I can exercise my domain in that house. I have authority in that house. I can release my healing and my blessing. And I can release my fruit in that place. I can release love. I can release joy. I can release healing. The reason why many of you the reason why many of you are not experiencing that love in your home are not experiencing that love and there's turmoil and there's a lot of things being stirred in your home it's because the kingdom the kingdom of God is not established in your home it's because the throne of God is not established in your living room because when the throne of God is established in your home the love of God flows the joy of God flows the peace of God flows the river of the spirit is flowing so if we want that to be a part of our lives the throne of God has to be very well established in our life it's unfortunate for me brother Joel to see that a lot of our Bible college friends that we had after COVID hit because they were so so much relying on a church service and relying on chapel service and relying on a minister to preach and a pastor to preach and somebody to give them a word you know that you know I've heard us say the people that are always looking for a word 
word is because they're not in the word. And these people, they, these people, after COVID hits and churches were shut down and they couldn't, you know, they couldn't go to a church service. Now they're backslidden. Now they're, you know, they're, they're, they're living somewhere else. They're not going to church. They look completely different. And it is because the throne of God was established in the church they would go to. But the throne of God was not established in their hearts. It was because the throne of God was established in their parents. But the throne of God was not established in them. It was because the river of the Holy Ghost was so near to them. But they were not getting into the river. It was because they were partaking of the blessings of the pastor and of the elders. But they were not getting into it and saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have in me a production of this fruit. I'm going to have in me a, a river that flows. I'm not only going to go to a river. I'm going to allow that river to flow from inside of me. I'm not only just going to take a drink. I'm going to be completely immersed in this river of the Spirit. I'm not only just going to get touched. I'm going to get completely filled. I'm not only going to read my Bible on a Sunday afternoon. I'm going to read my Bible on a Monday. And I'm going to read my Bible on a Tuesday. And I'm going to read my Bible on a Wednesday. I'm not only just going to have convictions on a Sunday. I'm going to have convictions every day of the week. I'm not only going to pray when they ask me to come to a prayer meeting. I'm going to seek the face of the Lord. The Lord spoke to David and, say, and said, seek my face. I, I woke up with this verse in my mind just a few days ago. David wrote and said, when you said, seek thou my face, my heart answered, thy face, O Lord, will I seek. There's a prophetic invitation in this house that is saying, I don't want you to just have a touch. I don't want you to just have a drink. I want rivers to flow from inside of you. There's an invitation in this house to go into the depths of the spirit that said, deep, call it unto deep. At the noise of thy water sprouts, thy waves and thy billows have gone over me. I want all of God to be preached to me. I want all of God to be heard. I want all of God to be released in me. I want everything that God has for me. If you can stand to your feet. I felt it. I felt it in this area when we were coming in, Brother Joel. I felt it strongly. God is waiting. God is waiting because he's spoken. We got to talking about this verse. He doesn't do anything until he tell, tells his sons the prophets. There is great things that the Lord wants to do. There's a great harvest that the Lord wants this church to reap in this whole region. There is hungry people out there that are waiting. I found myself around two hours and a half away from my home in Carmen, California. I went to an in and out I was by myself. And... Uh, there was five seats next to me on the right, five seats next to me on the left, empty. And this, uh, he was probably 45, 50-year-old man decides to sit right next to me. And uh, he had his son, 21 years old. And uh, 
gets to talking to me. He gets to talk to me in Spanish and uh, we'll just, you know, it's, it's funny, you know, when we go to certain places uh, and, you know, I'm with, I'm, I'm with somebody, you know, it could be Brother Joel or whatever and I've been in different, you know, churches as well and they'll talk to Brother Joel in, in English and they'll look at me and they'll greet me in Spanish. You know, it, it, it's, it's funny to me. I think it gives me an opportunity to be able to, you know, yeah. witness if they, if somebody talks to me and not in Spanish, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm going to talk to them in Spanish. And so it might be by the way I look, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> but uh, this man got to talking to me and uh, we just had a normal conversation. And like I said, we're two hours away, two hours and a half away from where I live. We're on the coast. And um, he asked me, well, you know, what do you do? What, you know, why, why are you down here? I was like, oh, I came to, you know, see a buddy of mine. He's from Louisiana. And, oh, really? What does he, what does he do? You know, he's out here for vacation. I was like, no, he's actually a preacher. And I was like, oh, really? I was like, what do you do? Well, uh, I'm actually a preacher, too. You know, I'm, I'm a minister. And he's like, oh, really? Well, where do you live? I was like, oh, I live in Kerman, California. And he said, oh, really? Because I live in Fresno near Kerman, 10 minutes away from Kerman. And that just opened up that river of the Spirit to just flow. Because I got to talking to him. And his son that was there was so interested and amazed when he got to hearing about there was a church that he was able to go to and feel the presence of God. And I told him, his name was, was Pedro. I was like, Pedro, you know, I'm going I'm to send you the address. I'm a, you know, I just, I, I met him a few days ago. I'm going to send you the information. You know, and if you, if, if you don't go, you know, it could very well be that they're in the Fresno area. The Lord is going to have us reunite and that and it's some in and out. And I'm going to tell you, Pedro, what's going on, man? You told me you were going to come, you know, because when we allow that river of the spirit to flow, we're in proper alignments. I believe it's spirit, spirit led, you know, disciple making, soul winning. You know, sometimes we can do more by just allowing that river of the Holy Ghost allowing that river of the Holy Ghost to lead us, we can accomplish more that way. And I'm like, I said, I grew up in a church. We, we, we pass out flyers and everything. But we can accomplish more when we allow the Holy Ghost to lead us to talk to someone and witness and talk and pray for them. I believe the reason why we're not seeing more miracles is because we're not stepping out in faith and we are allowing the voice of God to do its work out in the streets. Because I've seen it happen out in the, not only in church services, I've seen it happen in the streets, I've seen it happen in Walmarts, people receiving their physical healing in Walmarts, in the streets. Why? Because the river of the Holy Ghost is wanting you to extend yourself because it is in you that the river flows. And when you step into a Walmart, hope just stepped into a Walmart. When you step into a home that somebody opened up for a Bible study, hope just entered into the house. That river just entered into the house. I wonder how many are willing to allow the Lord to do something in your life. To say, Lord, I'm going to allow you to establish your throne. And I'm going I'm to allow you, Lord Jesus Christ, to allow your river to flow. And I'm going to allow you, Lord Jesus Christ, to have this river that's inside of me extend itself to every single person that you want to reach. I wonder if there's somebody that can lift up their hands right now and assign a surrender and say, Lord, I'm giving up my throne. I'm giving up my authority to have your authority. I'm giving up my domain for you to exercise.
exercise your dominion I want it Jesus I want everything that you have for me I want everything that you got Lord I am in need of your spirit I am in need of this river to flow I am in need of this river to move Lord I need your healing Lord I need a miracle and I want your throne and your kingdom to be established in my life every eye closed every eye closed you may put your hands down but I am going to ask a question every eye closed is there anybody that finds themselves here in this house in need of a physical healing a spiritual healing or an emotional healing lift up your hand I feel strongly in the Holy Ghost that that river of healing is in this place. And you're going to find your healing in this house. The king of this kingdom is in this place. So I'm going to ask you now in faith, I'm going to ask you to come to this altar if you're in need of healing. Any kind of healing, either it be physical, emotional, spiritual. If you need healing and you believe in God that he's going to heal you, God is going to extend that river that proceeds from his throne to not only touch you and not only to heal you, but to completely fill you up. If there's anybody else, that would want to join us in this altar. The love of God is here. The, the joy of God is here. The presence of God is in this place. Every eye closed, every hand uplifted. Lord Jesus, by the authority of the Word of God, by the authority of the Word of God that you have spoken, and by the power that's in your name I pray God that you may release that river of the spirit that brings with it healing to move in this house in the life of every single individual God I pray you may release your healing upon every wound every hurt every issue I pray diabetes be gone and cancer be gone and physical pain be gone but I pray also Lord that every bitterness be destroyed I pray that every root of bitterness be destroyed by the power of your name I pray Lord Jesus Christ that every wound that was caused by abuse at a very young age may be healed I pray that your throne may be established I pray the wounds that were caused by ministers may be healed in this house in the name of the Lord Jesus
river is flowing. That river is in this house. That river is in this house. That river is in this house. And if in this place you have a burden for a for a geographical area, I want you to begin to pray for that area. I want you to begin to utter the words and declare the will of God. Pray for Union Cap. Lord, we stand in the gap for Union Cap. I pray, Lord Jesus Christ, that your throne may be established in this city. I pray that your river may flow through every living room, through every house, through every individual that's in this place, and that's in this city. In the name of the Lord Jesus.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to uh, just want to obey the Lord. Um, I believe He's done healing here today, and I'm thankful for that. I felt uh, before the service uh, today. I felt like the Lord had shared with me that He also wanted to do some impartation today and uh, he's just kind of been speaking to me throughout the service brother Gomez if would you just come up here please amen I'm gonna trust in the Lord and his leading there's a uh, there's a, a, a ministry obviously we've received from it today that rests in this man and uh, giftings of, of the Lord that are there. Uh, I've never met him before today. I don't know when I'll see him again after today. But uh, I believe that the Lord wants to do some spiritual impartation of what's inside of him to some members of our congregation here. I, I got to say this. It's, it's not because of his hands or his mouth or his brain. It's not because of his nice suit and tie. But there's a spirit of ministry that rests inside of him that I know the Lord wants to impart to individuals today. I will say I know that he is in alignment with the ministry and covering over his life and the authority that's over his life. I believe that much is evident as well. I'm going to call some people up to the front, and if you would just line up here, uh, I'm going to let Brother Gomez pray for you. We're going to pray for you today.